Welcome to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. Welcome to another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rainbow Word of Faith. And today we're going to be talking about past and present. We're going to talk about forgetting things. New beginnings. Yeah, forgetting things that were behind and talking about these new beginnings. And I'm going to let Pastor Richard start first because he's got an exciting word for you today. Well, I guess one of the first things we got, you know, a new beginning is we got a brand new board. So if we don't know what we're right, doing, right. we, we got, got an excuse, right? Yes, we got a brand new board here in the studio. <laughs> I told you, all things have passed away. <laughs> all things have become new. We're still <laughs> trying to figure this thing out. But right. anyway, well, you know, we were talking before we came on the air, and it's a new year. And I read out of Philippians chapter 3, verses 12 to 14 this week. And Paul, to paraphrase him, says, Not that I have already obtained all this, nor have I been made perfect, but I, forgetting what is behind, this one thing I do, I press on and go forward to the prize that God has called him to. And, you know, that's what we all have to do. And it's not just for the new year. Paul didn't write that on New Year's. Right. right? He, he wrote that as a letter to the Philippian church. We need to remember that that is every day. Every day is a brand new day. Every day is a brand new year. Every day is a brand new part of our life. And we need to not let the past hold us back. There are so many things in our past that can hold us back. Failures that we had. And and I've talked to people, you may have too. They're a little older. They want to go back to school, but they're afraid to because when they were younger, they didn't do very well in school. So the fact that they didn't do well when they were younger, the fear of repeating that holds them back so they're scared to go do it again. And here's the thing. Statistics have shown that those are the ones who excel in school because now they got all this life, this life wisdom now, this life experience. And typically they do better than the younger students. Right. And, and the reason why is because now they know the importance of it. Now it's not something that somebody made them do because a lot of times, by choice. Yeah. You're in elementary school, high school, you're going to school because they made you go to school, not because you necessarily wanted to. But you get to be 30, 40, 50 years old, however it is, and you decide that you want to go back. Now you're going back because you want to go back. You're not going back because somebody's making you. And so it makes a huge difference when it's something that you want to do. So don't let fear of failure, you know, you didn't do very well before, don't let that keep you from doing it again. My wife and I have always owned businesses, not only do pastor church, but we've always owned businesses when we were in our adult life. And I talk to people all the time who say, man, I'd love to own my own business, but, but what if it fails? What, what if I can't do it? What, you know what? You'll never do anything in life. If you're always scared, you're going to, before we came on there, we we're talking, everybody that learned to walk fell down. Now you probably don't remember falling down. I don't remember falling down when I was a baby learning to walk, but I know I did because every baby does. 
The parents don't go, oh, look, he fell down. Let's don't let him try again. He might fail again. We've got to stop him. we got to protect him. We don't want to let him fail. No, you know that's just part of the deal. So you move sharp stuff away so if they fall, they don't get hurt on something. But you know part of the deal is they're going to fall down. And you just said something very interesting. You said you probably didn't don't remember falling. And that's interesting about human beings. We kind of do forget things that are not happier in our life and we don't focus on them, but we, we remember the successful things. And that's a good quality to have or a good built in uh, mechanism to have is the like Paul said, this one thing I do. He declared it. This is if I don't do nothing, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to forget those things which are behind and then I'm going to do this. I'm going to press forward or towards the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm, I'm going to do that because I know this is a new day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. And I know with new days, it's a new beginning. I, I got a fresh start. I can try to walk again. And that's the, that's the way a child's spirit is. That's the way God equipped us. That child, even if the parent try to keep him from walking again, they're going to get up again. And they're going to try it again. Because children really don't have any fears. You know, we get programmed to fear stuff. The world programs us to be fearful. Don't try nothing. Oh, you might fail. But no, a child will go ahead and believe. A child will believe they can fly if you tell them. Well, you know what's funny is, as you're talking about that, it reminded me, we don't look like to look bad. Right. We don't right. want to look bad. We don't right, want right. anybody to a see A child doesn't care. <laughs> we don't want to... If you ever have fallen down in your life, you know, you tripped on a curb or whatever, what is the first thing we do? We jump up, look, look around, around to see if anybody saw me. And, you can, and I grew up in Chicago where we have tough winters and you slip on ice all the time. And every time an adult slipped on ice, that's the first thing they do. They look around and see who saw. <laughs> right, because well, we don't want to look bad. We don't want to look bad. like a klutz. Or yeah. We look like we're an idiot. We don't want... But I noticed kids, as kids, we slipped all the time. It was nothing. We laughed at ourselves. Oh, that was funny. We laughed at each other. Right. And so it's not just falling down. It's anything in life. We're, we're so programmed to worry about what other people think about us. And we don't want to look foolish. We don't want to look bad. We don't want to look like a failure. That so many times we don't do what it is that we want to do. Kind of go back to that business idea where people will tell me, oh, I don't want to do that. I want to do it, but I just can't do it because what if it doesn't work? And I say, you know what? You can't spend your life worrying about what's not going to work. You learn from your mistakes. We're all going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes. You learn from the mistake. If you ever touched a hot stove in your whole life, I guarantee you, you never did it again. You'll because... put your hand in an electrical outlet. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and kids do that. Oh, yeah. You got to lick the end of your finger. Right. Doctor, right? Well, well, just kids in general, they'll put their hand in their babies. Well, now we have childproof stuff in our homes. But back in our day, we didn't. That stuff didn't exist. So it was trial and well, error. Teenagers that put their, <laughs> put their right. little slobber well, on that, their That's fingers. teenagers. <laughs> and then they got to see if they can get shocked. Yeah, but, but you know, so, so we cannot be scared to fail. We cannot be scared and let our past failures, our past whatever mistakes stop us from moving ahead in life. And I'm glad you said that because this broadcast is called Faith on Fire. And it's designed to ignite your faith on fire. And I want to remind everyone as Christians, uh, there's three type of people in the world I refer to. There's risk takers, caretakers, 
and then there's undertakers. Now, I'm going to say Christians are called to be risk takers. Peter, get out of the boat and walk. Peter said, Jesus, that you bid me to come. Risk taker. Because in the natural, they knew nobody never walked on water. Okay, so we're called to be risk takers. And risk takers uh, take risks. Christians, we're supposed to be risk takers. We take risks. Caretakers, Jesus talked about them. They're the ones he gave a talent and they just went and hid it and didn't do nothing with it. And Jesus talked about that. He said, I'm going to take that from you and give it to somebody else. Now, now here's the undertaker. That could be that person too Jesus referred to. An undertaker, he's going to bury all his dreams and his ambitions and everything because he doesn't want to look bad. He don't want people to laugh at him when he fell. Right. So he's an undertaker. He's gonna, he never uh, finishes his purpose or destiny, what God's called him to do because he's an undertaker. And the church, when I say the church, not a building, the saints, the children of God, we're not called to be caretakers, undertakers, but we're called to be risk takers. And we have to know that because 365 times it's in the Bible, fear not or have no fear. And for me, I use an acronym for fear, F-E-A-R, false expectations appearing real. It's just a false, ex it's something you're expecting, but it's false, but it appears real. And then you don't want to look bad because <laughs> that false expectation, you're expecting the worst. Well, you know, when you talk about the, the church as the family of God, that not only the church is the family of God, but our, just our natural family. I always counsel people all the time, when if you've got people in your family that are trying something new, Back them up. Help them. Yeah, you encourage know, them. Know that they can do it, and that even if they fail, you're still going to love them. Both my daughters know if they try something new and they don't, and it doesn't work, they're never going to hear from me, oh, I told you so. I told you that wasn't going to work. They're going to hear, you know what, Good I'm job. behind you no matter what. And that's, a family needs to be that place where you can try something new, you can take a risk, and even if it doesn't work, they still love you anyway. They, they got your back. Right. Well, the church family needs to be the same way, the local church and then the church at large. Mm -hmm. We need to be those people that have each other's backs. That doesn't work. I still got your back. I'm here for you. You, you look at a ball player, baseball player, 3-2 count, bottom of the ninth, two outs, he strikes out. There's going to be some fans that probably boo. Do you think that guy's family boos him when he goes home you think his kids say hey pop you struck out i'm not i don't love you anymore do you think his teammates are booing him when he if he strikes out well they might have done that but. well i don't think so if they're on the team you know right. they want to encourage him man they, but i mean nobody's nobody's wife nobody's kids nobody's husband if it's a female athlete nobody's family says well, i don't love you anymore you struck out right, you right. missed that field we ain't goal. talking to you or to you, the next game you drop that touchdown pass i mean family is there for you even when you when it fails, even when other people might turn on you, your family's always there. So we need to be there for each other as Christians in our own what, what blood is, family and then in our church family. The, the Word of God encourages us, well, instructs us to encourage one another, exalt one another, why right. it is today. And, and again, it's back to not just being hearers of the Word only, but doers also. If God instructs us in His Word to encourage one another, admonish one another, and he says daily. Well, we should do that. And back to what you were saying, you say you preached the other day uh, out of Philippians 3.13, forgetting those things which are behind. And I preached out of 2 Corinthians uh, 5.17. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. And again, that's every day because Jesus just don't save you once. 
he saves you every day. And Lord knows we need a savior every day. So every day, all things in Christ can become new. And you have to know that. That's what's going to help get your faith on fire. You're knowing, okay, forgetting those things behind. I got to do that every day. I'm a new creation in Christ. No, I'm not the same old person. Because you're going to meet somebody that's going to come out of your past. And they still going to want to see you as you used to be. You got to. You got to around them. You got to understand that you're still a new creation. Old things have uh, passed away. All things have become new. So every day we have newness of life. The scripture talks about us being born again. We ha now have newness of life. That's every day. Every day we're growing. We're maturing spiritually. We're getting more revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. And again, just speaking of in Christ Jesus, also I encourage the people in our congregation, and I want to encourage our listeners, you know, do something. We start off the year, our congregation, every new year, we start off with a 21-day fast. And again, you can abstain from foods. I know some people can't do that, but you can do some other stuff. Facebook, uh, computer, Twitter, all that stuff. Instagram. Right, give, up, give up your computer for a week. Right, for a week. And I usually do sweets. I, I love sweets. So I usually, you know, abstain from Maybe sweets. Maybe that's what I'll do. I'll go 21 days out Brussels sprouts. Yeah, there you go. Well, yeah, right, right. You love Brussels sprouts, huh? But you can do that. But but here's the thing about biblical fasting, and, and I want to encourage people to, to do that. And I posted this on Facebook, and I referenced the scripture out of Matthew 5, 6. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness sakes, for they shall be filled. And we know what Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4. It is written, man should not live by bread alone. So that means you can live without bread alone. He said, but live by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of the Father. And, and I just posted this the other day. There are some things I desire more than food. And, and you should desire. Food shouldn't be your main object every day. So there's some things I desire more than food. The beginning of each year, from January 5th to 26th, our church family, and we're all in the body of Christ, participate in a 21-day biblical fast refraining from foods and other fleshly pleasures for a spiritual purpose. When you, and I wrote this too, when you feel yourself growing dry spiritually, when you don't sense the cutting edge anointing, or when you need a fresh encounter with God, fasting is the secret key that unlocks heaven's doors and slams shut the gates of hell. When you eliminate food from certain foods from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. The discipline of biblical fasting releases the anointing, the favor and the blessing of God in the life of a Christian and brings us into a deeper, more intimate and powerful relationship with the Lord. And again, you are because you're saying, Lord, I'm going to abstain for this. But uh, now you're not just fasting because fasting alone, abstaining for food, that's called dieting. <laughs> so you want to fast and pray or fast and meditate on the word of God because you want to spend that intimate time with God. So, you know, pray or get you one scripture and meditate on it. And my desire, and I told our congregation, meditate on Ephesians 1, 17 through 19. And it says, and Paul prayed this for the church. I pray this for the church. And it, it declares that you may, uh, that the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of your understanding be enlightened, that you may know what the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of 
his inheritance in the saints. And what is that exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? So God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask, I think. But he wants you to separate yourself, cons consecrate yourself for a period of time and say, Lord, this is just me and you. So what better way to do that? As you go into another year, you're leaving an old year behind and say, Lord, I I'm giving you this 21 days. I'm not going to do this for 21 days. I'm going to focus on just you because I believe you're doing a new thing in my life. And this is a new year and it's going to be a better year. And, and I've been hearing getting words that 2015 is the year of arrival. It's the year of God's favor. So with that, honor the Lord, you know. Do something different. If if you never participated in a biblical fast, hey, I encourage people to do it. You'll be amazed at the results that's going to come after that. Because that's back to the seek ye first, the kingdom. You, you, God, Jesus talked about fasting over there in, uh, I believe, in Matthew 6. He talked about, you know, when you fast, don't go around telling everybody you're fasting. <laughs> and don't look like you're fasting. So he in endorsed. Dust right, right. He, he, he endorsed and encouraging fasting. He said, but when you do it, don't go around like the Pharisees and let everybody know, hey, I'm fasting. And that's why we're letting you know now before the fast. Our fast starts January the 5th through the 26th. So when you do it, that's between you and God. And he knows. You know, what you do in secret, he, you know, he'll reward you publicly for it. So uh, I just want to encourage people and our listeners to participate with us January 5th through the 26th and, and do a new thing. Fast for the Lord. Right. And and the first of the year seems to be the easiest thing, time for people to do something like this because they're, they are thinking about it being a new beginning. Notice we're not doing it January 1st though because <laughs> we know there's a lot of things still going on. <laughs> but I mean how easy it is for people this time of year to realize okay it's a new beginning I'm going to do something. And, and as you were talking, one of the things that I always tell people is as you're making your New Year's resolution, your first New Year's resolution should be to be closer to God. That should be that your number should one. Be your number one New Re Year's resolution. Right. Most people, it's lose weight. I mean, that's the number one <laughs> right, right, New right, Year's right. resolution for most people. But that ain't to seek you first, though. Right. But that I mean, ain't in line with seeking you first. It's lose weight and then get into better shape and mm -hmm. that kind of thing. Even as Christians, a lot of times our first resolution or our first thing that we say that we want to do isn't get closer to God. Seek ye first God. And in all my whole life, not just on January 1st, but on June 1st and November 1st and every other day of the year, that I want to get closer to God. I want to develop mm -hmm. that relationship. So I always tell people, when you're, when you're making your New Year's resolution, that needs to be your number one New Year's resolution. To mm -hmm. get closer to God, to know Him better than I know Him this year, and to to constantly seek after what it is that He wants from me and where He would lead me to be. And, and also, with what I've asked the congregation to the fast for corporately concerning the new year, we always we also encourage people to set goals. Not resolutions, set goals for the new year. And we know with goals, there's long-term goals and there's short-term goals. And I, I just break them up into four categories, the goals for the new year. And, and fast concerning these goals. Make that a part of your fast. Yes, as a pastor, I want you to fast corporately for this ministry thing. And, it, 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 you know, that you get a greater revelation of the kingdom. That's what we're fasting for corporately, of Jesus' kingdom. Again, not religion, not 
church, but the kingdom. Get a well, greater yeah, revelation have, of that. We have the, a discussion a lot of times. People get churched up. Yeah, churched up. <laughs> or, and that's the same thing as religion up. Right. So, we, so I, they got the form. Right, right, right. They, they don't have, understand the power thereof. Right, that's the form, guys. So we, we're fasting to come against that, but you get a great revelation of what Jesus came preaching and, and what his ministry was about, because that's what he told but us I to stood do. up when they told me to stand up. I sat down when they right, told right, me right, to stand. Right, I sang when they told not, me to sing. You churched up. Yeah, but, I've, but, I've been churched but up. But check this out. Back to those goals. And here's four, the four categories I encourage our people to, to, to set. Like you said, seek ye first. Well, first of all, you should have a ministry goal. That's a God goal. That's a, that's a spiritual development goal. Everybody should have that first on their list. Next one is your family goals. You know, what kind of goals you're going to have for your family, your individual family. And, and here's the next one, a, a personal goal. That's to lose weight, blah, 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 get a job. And then, then, of course, a business goal or an employment goal. That's four different categories, ministry, family, personal, and, and a business goal. You might want to start that new business you've been putting off two, three years ago. Okay, set that as a goal. I'm going to get started. I'm going to go get my business license first. I'm going to do a fictitious business name. Uh, you know, I'm going to start saving for it. You, you got to do something. You got to start right. somewhere. Well, you know, the, what What do they, the Chinese say that a journey of 10,000 miles begins with a single step? Mm -hmm. This past weekend, we were taking leaves out of the backyard and putting them out in the front because they for the leaf pickup. And we have a couple of big trees in our backyard. And... I estimate it was going to take about 32 trips with the tarp, and it took about 31, so it was a little less. <laughs> but, you know, the very first one, we hadn't really made a dent. You didn't make a dent, huh? By the time you got to and 15? by the time we got to 31, we were done. But you couldn't do it if you said, well, man, look at that. We barely made a dent. Let's, we might as well quit. After the second one, hey, I'm tired. Right. <laughs> or, or, you know what? It doesn't look like we're getting anything done. Or, or here it is. Let's put this off to, to next week. And here's what I tell people all the time. Procrastination is a thief. Oh, yeah. We, we put off stuff. And, and with Christians, again, the scripture says God is called excellent. He, and he's given us the scripture says Daniel had a spirit of excellence. And so, again, with our faith being on fire, we have to old things. If your old thing was a procrastinator, your new thing should be, you know, I don't procrastinate. I handle it right there. Let's get on these leaves right now. We ain't putting this off for another day. We're going to do it now because we put it off for another day. We're going to miss the leaf pickup time. And they only do that yeah, certain part of the season. It's right. It's over. So you put it off. We're going to put it off. And then something happened. Come to you missed it. Now you got leaves. Piled up in your backyard from the previous year. So, again, procrastination is a thief, and we're to have ministries of excellence. You know, our life is a ministry, and we're supposed to operate out of a spirit of excellence. You might put that on your personal goal or your ministry goal. I'm going to start operating out of spirit of excellence. I'm not going to procrastinate as much. I'm going to get things done. Like the they ladies, say, get her done. One of the ladies in our church sings a song called Plenty of Time, and the basis of the song is all the devil has to convince you of is you have plenty of time. Mm -hmm. You got plenty of time to accept Jesus. You got plenty of time to change your life. You got plenty of time to do all this stuff, so don't worry about it. That's all he has to do is convince you you got plenty and, of time. And we know that's the lie because the scripture says in the day that you hear his voice. Today is the day of the Lord. Harden not your heart. <laughs> yeah, and this is the day. So you the day you hear it, you better, when he, you better go ahead and answer. Don't, don't put that answer. Don't put it off. Oh, I'll answer that later. No, the Lord's knocking on the door of my heart, but I'll answer it later. Well, later may not come for you. Right. Well, you know, and you just got plenty of time. How many things in there in life that you want to do or should do, and you just say, well, I got time. 
I, I got plenty of time. All the devil has to do is convince you you got plenty mm -hmm. of time and you'll never do anything in the mm -hmm. kingdom of God. Oh, I'll do it next week. I'll do it next year. I'll do it five years from now. And all of a sudden time is gone. Mm -hmm. You know, time is a thief. And, and one more thing I just want to talk about concerning the fasting and fasting for a greater revelation of, of the kingdom of God, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. But also as you're, you're fasting and, and praying we, I'm believing, you know, that God's going to transform you by the renewing of your mind, which I say this because this is what I see most of the church is. They're still conformed to this world. They haven't yet been ye transformed by the renewing of mind. And I know that because of their speech, what's coming out of their mouth. And, and I talked to you earlier about this young lady just Sunday in the congregation. And we're a Bible teaching congregation. We believe in miracles, signs, and wonders should follow us. We believe in healing and everything. And this young lady came up to me out to praise and worship and say, Hey, Pastor, you know what? We're getting ready to leave right now. And just before the message, I'm like, why are you leaving? Uh, my daughter don't feel well, so we're going home. And I'm like, uh, what do you think we are over here? Chop liver? The scripture says if anyone is sick among you, let them go home. No. He <laughs> says grab all and lay anoint them with all and lay hands on them and the prayer of faith shall heal the sick. Yeah, but you're not a doctor. I don't gotta, I, he didn't say that. <laughs> he said call for the elders of the church. And the elders is not. The doctor? No, the elders of the church is a spiritually mature. That's me. And I'm like, this is what we teach. So. You've been under the teaching, but obviously you don't believe it because you say, hey, we don't feel good. We're going home. How are you going to leave out of, an, out of an atmosphere what faith is? And I know in our building, we invite the presence of the Lord to be there. And this is what I know about the Lord. He can be at a million places in one. And his word tells us what well, two or more. Go, you can't go anywhere where he's not. Right. And his word tells us what two or more gathered together in his name. He's in our midst. And we welcome him there. Remember that story about guy couldn't come to somebody's church and he went to the Lord and said, yeah, they won't let me in. And Jesus said, yeah, I know they won't let me in either. <laughs> but we invite him there. Yeah. Yeah. Some churches out there. That's them. Yeah. He won't let you. But anyway, we invite the presence of the Holy Spirit there and we understand he's there to heal, deliver and set free. So how are you sitting under this ministry and saying you're going home? So after it got her, you know, it hit her. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So she stayed and we did, we administered healing like we're supposed, like we were commanded to. Because he said, these signs shall follow those. But if you don't practice what you're preaching or hearing, how are you going to get the results of that? So again, so we want people, a part of this fast, we're hoping and praying that people will be transformed by the renewing of their mind. And they won't be conformed to this world system. Because the world tells you, if you don't feel good, go home. Take a sick day. Right. Remember, you get that on your job. You get a sick day. You can go home and lay it on down. Or you can be excused from class. Jesus never took a sick day, and he didn't tell his disciples. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Faith on Fire. We're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. We want to wish you a happy new year. And as you go through this new year, keep walking by faith. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you would consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 
95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us again next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.